Welcome to PDPW's podcast. Here's Bill Baker. This week on the PDPW podcast, we honor those who work on our behalf each and every day. Work is one of Tom Thibodeau's favorite four-letter words. Tom, a regular guest here on the PDPW podcast, he puts a lot of work into these sessions. He shares that most of the work we do is an extension of providing health and well-being, and the efforts we all put forward make a world a better place every day. Here's Tom Thibodeau with this week's podcast on the importance of good work. Well, good morning, Bill. It's so good to speak with you again, and people who take the time to listen in are probably working. Work. 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 One of my favorite four-letter words is work, W-O-R-K. All of us grew up having to work at some point, but we had to be taught how to work. A person is not born with a work ethic. A person learns a work ethic. You learn how to do chores, how to complete tasks, how to contribute uh, what you can to the common good. And we first learned that in our own homes and the work that's so terribly important. You think about it each and every day. From the moment we were born, somebody worked to prepare our meals. Somebody worked to clean our houses, to do our laundry. Somebody worked to make sure that the house was was clean and well-kept. Somebody worked to make sure that we had fresh water. Somebody worked to make sure that um, the house was warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. The importance of work. People work very, very hard to make sure that we have enough to eat each and every day. Work. In the Greek and the Roman language, the word for work was equated with manual labor, but mostly slaves. Of course, those who were in power benefited by the work of other people. They they exploited the work of other people. That's what it is to be a slave. You make human beings work on your behalf so you do not have to work. Um, for the Celts, Celtic people, they called it Asdana, and work was about being craftspeople and, and artisans. It was a status equal to warriors, that the work was to develop the culture. And even today in Ireland, if you are an artist, a poet, a musician, a playwright, you do not pay taxes. Why? They want to encourage that people work on behalf of the culture because one of the ways in which we destroy culture is to take away people's opportunity to be creative. Later, when the, when the Irish were conquered by the British, they held their cannot. Um, where they were sent off to the west coast of Ireland, which is very rocky. The Gaelic word for work was excrement. Well, all of us know what it's like to do a, a terribly disgusting job. For the Germans, the word is Arbeit, fatigue, hardship, and suffering. And you look at the German culture and having a strong work ethic, but doing work oftentimes, which was difficult, backbreaking, and they understood that. For the French, the word for work is travail, toil, pain, great difficulty. And you begin to recognize that oftentimes that physical work leads to physical pain. How many people who are working in construction or farming or truck driving, by the time they get to their 60s, the toil that, that, that they've engaged in has hurt their back or their arms, their knees, their joints, their ability to move. Hard work demands physical activity, and physical activity can lead to um, 
breakdowns in our own bodies. The Greeks' understanding of work was called a skola, which means that you have no leisure. You think about the number of people today that have no leisure, the number of Americans who do not take vacation, who take no time off because they're constantly working. I tell our people in servant leadership that the worst person to work for is a workaholic, because when you work for a workaholic, your work is never done and it's never good enough. And yet, how many people today are working 60, 80 hours a week? In many situations, people cannot find people to do the work, so they're out there on the front lines. I have a friend of mine who is part of a McDonald's uh, franchise, and at noontime and at breakfast time, he and all the other administrators are out at the front counter uh, serving people because there just aren't enough workers. The importance of, of, of work comes from, from Genesis, where God was at work uh, in creation. However, what's extraordinary to understand is that God took Sunday off, a day of rest. And you talk to that to so many people, that have you ever taken a day off? Well, no. And they say, well, Sunday's a day of rest. And the response is, well, how quaint. When, when is it that we rest from our works that makes us appreciate what we do each and every day. It's interesting, we identify ourselves by the word work. If you're ever unemployed or if you've ever been laid off and people ask, well, what do you do? It's embarrassing to say, well, I have nothing to do. It's difficult for people who retire from their work that has been meaningful for 60 years. Uh, if you are what you do, then when you don't, you aren't. And it's interesting how many of us identify ourselves so strongly with our work that our identity is tied up with only with what we do. The Spanish word for work, trabajo, is a derivative of the vulgar Latin word for torture. Of course, most people don't see their jobs as a form of cruel punishment, but the truth is that most jobs are simply too small for the human beings inhabiting them. The purpose gap for employees results from their desire to find meaning and purpose in their jobs beyond financial reward, but realizing their jobs are often mostly just an ends means to an end. When we connect to the true purpose of our work, however, it is transformed from a means to an end, to an end of itself. How people see, understand, and experience their jobs and work has a profound impact on their commitment, their performance, and their health. How satisfying it is to do good work. How difficult it is to do work that seems to dehumanize us. How important it is that we look at the way in which we approach our work. But it's something that is learned. And so when I'm working with groups of people, one of the questions I ask is, what did your grandparents and parents do for a living? How do they feel about their work? My grandpa raised beef on rocky soil in northern Wisconsin. He also had 14 kids that he had to provide for. His brother, my uncle John, ran the meat market in town, and uh, so my grandpa produced the beef, and Uncle John butchered and prepared and sold it to others. They worked in partnership. That was their work. A story that my father tells is that people would come to my Uncle John to the meat market, and my Uncle John was kind of like the town crier. He was always listening to the stories of people, and part of his work was to spread gossip. And if people came in and gave him a good piece of gossip, they got a better cut of meat. 
Well, that's how he worked, if you will. Um, my grandmother was a beautician, a single parent businesswoman during the 1930s in which she cut hair. In the summer times, I would take the train down to Milwaukee and spend a week with my grandmother. And I'd get up early in the morning and she put on her, her work clothes and we'd walk down to her shop and she opened up uh, in the morning and all day long as she was cutting hair, I was sweeping up uh, the hair that had fallen to the floor. I was I was mopping and cleaning. Um, you, there was the smell of permanence that she was giving. There was always the steam from hot water or the hum of people under appliance that dried their hair. I'm not even sure what that was called, but I saw my grandmother work very hard. Um, she'd come home at night and she'd put on uh, gloves with, with with a little bit of lanolin uh, because her hands were so dry from the chemicals that she had to use as she cared for other people's hands. I remember then on Wednesday, she closed her shop at noon and we'd take the bus to downtown Milwaukee and she would go and pay her bills and order her product for the next week. She was a businesswoman, dignified, strong. She worked very hard. I remember in terms of my own mother was a beautician and she loved cutting hair, but she had the work of caring for six children each and every day. My wife and I both come from families of six children and we look at each other trying to both teach and raise our children at the same time and wondered how is it that our parents worked so hard. I teach at a university and I see my students who work 12-hour shifts during the day and then on the weekends, 16-hour shifts of clinical so that they can complete their educations to do the good work of becoming nurses. Work of human hands, people who care for us each and every day, people who take care of details and make sure that budgets are correct, people who do the honorable work of a journalist listening to people, listening for stories, communicating those to others. Work is good and noble and is part of who we are and how we contribute. You begin to recognize that in terms of there were working class neighborhoods. People lived in neighborhoods according to the kind of the jobs that they did. In our town, we have the train company that is worldwide known internationally for its producing of air conditioning and heating units for commercial buildings all across the globe. And around that marvelous factory, it was a working class neighborhood where people built their homes and so they could walk to work. And that same thing is true across the country where people gathered together because of the work that they did, the neighborhoods that they lived in, the houses that they built, hard work of building a community and a nation. You think about it for just a moment, what is our own family backgrounds. In many families, people have worked so very hard and they want their children to go on to college so they don't have to work as hard as they once have done. The dreams that we hold for the next generation and yet the nature of work is changing as we move from the land to offices. And now what's happened after the pandemic, people are moving out of their offices back to their homes. We're talking about hybrid work and remote work. Work has changed at the level of flexibility. People are having the flexibility of working into the evening and then sleeping late into the mornings or taking care of other necessities. Some jobs necessitate that you come to work. 
So farmers have to be in the barn to do the work of caring for their animals and working in their fields. So many people in warehouses or clerks in stores have to go to work. Others stay home and find different ways in which to work. And then what does it mean then to be a remote or a hybrid work? All of us are looking for meaning in our lives and the ways in which we contribute to that is the work that we do. We spend 66% of our adult lives at work. How important, therefore, it is to have co-workers that I trust, co-workers that I can believe in, co-workers who resemble or at least express some of the values that I have held dear. How important is it that we recognize that some work takes away from the dignity of other people? In one of those amazing television shows that nobody really expected to have much of an impact, Undercover Boss, we find people who are CEOs of organizations, entrepreneurs, who go undercover in their own businesses to try to discover what's happening in those businesses. And oftentimes what they discover is the hard work, the indignity of some of the work that their workers have to endure that produces their wealth. I mean, it's just rather extraordinary. Do people understand how difficult it is to work in a moving company when all day long you're lifting very heavy pieces of furniture and appliances and then having to travel and unload them and then put them into another house without a scrape or a scratch? Hard, hard work. How about the people who are involved in terms of the restaurant industry having to work and clean up in terms of grease traps, how important it is then to keep everything spotless and clean, but it's hard and oftentimes dirty work. And you begin to recognize that all jobs have dignity. All work is essential. And this is what we've learned in the last two years, that many times when we have taken the work of other people for granted, we have come to realize that their work, they are not to be invisible. They are essential in what they do. So let's think for just a moment about our custodians, how they've taken time to clean and to keep us safe. At the early part of the pandemic, we had no idea how the disease was spreading. I saw a custodian in the building who was wiping off door jams and, and handles of, of doors. And I said, sir, thank you for your good work. And he looked at me. Thank you, sir. All I'm doing is loving my neighbor. He saw his work as an extension of providing for the health and well-being of every visitor who would come into that building. It's extraordinary when we start to think about work that there's different ways in which well, people have orientations to their understandings of work. There was a major study done by a researcher at Harvard in which she began to look at, at the world of work, and there's three different orientations that I think are interesting to be made known. This comes from the work of Dr. Amy Wojcinski, an associate professor of organizational behavior at Yale University School of Management. And she'd been studying how people viewed their work and found that it fell into three patterns. One is some people simply see what they do as a job, something they do for benefits that they receive. They trade their time for something else, typically money or security. It's not a stepping stone. It's just something that they have to do. She says this is a job orientation, and there are some people that we just take jobs, and all of us have done that from time to time. I remember one time when I was working for a social service agency to make a little extra money, I took the job as a telemarketer. 
I lasted three nights before I could not any longer do the work. $5 an hour just wasn't enough to try to persuade people to buy things that they didn't need. She also says a second way that people view their work as a career orientation. In this case, the work is a source of learning and growth as well as a stepping stone to the next career move that the person hopes to make. Work is not merely a way to make a living, but a building block long-term, looking for something that's successful in a person's life. They see themselves as moving on from one position to the next with a trajectory, kind of climbing the ladder, looking for status. We know a number of people who have spent a whole lifetime in a, in a career and at the end of their career say, well, I want to do something else. I never really enjoyed what I did. Um, I'm glad I made contributions, but now it's on to something else. And what's interesting to see what's happening in the country today, people oftentimes having second careers, finding something that was more of their heart's content. And she calls that way of thinking as a calling orientation. When people begin to recognize that they are called to see their work as an act of service, service is love made visible. It's something more than just what we do. It's part of our identity. It's an expression of our true self. You find purpose and meaning in what you do, and a type of reverence for the work you perform and its importance to the world. Work is the effort that we make to make the world a better place each and every day and we are dependent upon the work of others. As we're speaking today, we know that many of our brothers and sisters in the agricultural community are out in their barns getting ready to till the fields, spend long hours planting, will spend time cultivating all summer long, do the hard work of harvesting and putting up their crops and getting them to market. All that hard work, which will feed not only ourselves, but the world, as Ukraine is under attack, the largest agricultural producer in Europe, who is going to feed the people of Europe this year? It's going to be the American farmer doing good, hard work each and every day, dependent upon the weather. Some days there'll be the hot sun. Other days there'll be unbearable winds. Other days it'll be cold and rainy. But despite the weather, despite the obstacles, people do the work that they are called to do for a greater good. Work. Work. You watch TV and nobody works. They spend their time at coffee shops. Unless you're an attorney, unless you're an investigator, unless you're a nurse in a hospital ward, no one is ever at work on TV. We look in terms of it's all entertainment. You begin to recognize, what are we saying to our children? Do we tell them about work and the nature of work, the difficulty of work, the challenge of work, the beauty of the work we do each and every day? In the liturgy, it says, blessed be the fruits of the land and the work of human hands. So today we honor those who work on our behalf each and every day. Good work, hard work, noble work, our work. May we all do it well. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archived podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, 
Have a safe and productive week.